This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Love what you do, whether you're employed or not. This attitude shift of loving what you do is everything. Think about how much would change if you treated your work with utmost care, while learning how to open your heart even more. About 20 years ago, Michelle brought love to a job she didn't like, and within a few weeks, she had more job offers than she could say yes to. Magic? Nope. Alignment. Hopefully, you're doing something you love now, or are well on the way to discovering what that is. Part of running a successful business is learning how to bring love to all the actions that make it function. Valeria Telles interviews Michelle Boulet, a transformational business and life coach, healer, dancer, and speaker. Michelle Boulet helps creative professionals and entrepreneurs all over the world clarify and manifest their visions with more confidence, impact, and alignment towards their truth. She runs a multi-six-figure coaching and healing business, offering online group programs, private coaching, in-person retreats, speaking, and teaching. Her work draws from over 25 years of practice in somatic therapies, energy medicine, mindset psychology, spirituality, and her award-winning international career in dance. Meet Michelle at michelleboulet.com. Here's the interview with Michelle Boulet. In your own words, who is Michelle Boulet? Oh my gosh, what a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you That surprised me. Well, I am a woman living on this planet, helping people remember how loved they are. And the way that shows up is through the work I do as a transformational life and business coach, as a healer and a dancer, and ultimately you know, my interest is in helping people remember this message about love. And I do it in whatever way spirit calls me. And right now it's really, I've always been a teacher and it's really deeply through this, this guiding and my coaching and healing work, the speaking that I do, the retreats that I lead, the online courses that I have, the one-on-one clients. And then, you know, just the day-to-day of my own work of creating a deeply beautiful, healthy, spiritual life. I guess my first question to you, or the second official question, is about success. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's metrics that are measurable from 
Well, let me put it this way. I think success is when a person really knows what they want and they're able to bring it into their lives. So it's not about external ideas of what success is. And, and you know, when I'm working with someone, that's what I, that's what I want to know. What do you want? And how do we do the, how do we align that so that the why is true? And that, that vision matures, mine matures as I mature and grow, it shifts and changes. And so it's finding what that is and then finding the ways to actually make it come to life. But more importantly, I feel that success is an awareness. It's not a stopping point where you reach something and you're like, oh my God, my life is solved and everything's figured out, <laughs> you know, because more comes. And, and I think it, it's the awareness of I'm here to grow or I'll say you, you know, whoever's listening to this, you're here to evolve, you're here to contribute. And that never stops. Just like a, a flower doesn't stop blooming. It's not like I'm done. You know, the next flower comes up, the seeds fall into the earth to get planted again to grow the next year. So we're in a cycle of a continuous cycle of giving more life and more love to to our existence. I usually go or talk and write a lot about self-love being the foundation to create this kind of success that you speak of. Talk to me for a moment. This might be the right moment about the course that you offer on self-love. Yeah. So this course we have coming up really soon and it's a deep excavation of looking at what is stopping a person from their success and the way that we just spoke about it from having the things that they want and and love in their lives. And, you know, I think sometimes people can say, oh, well, I treat myself well, I do these things. And but there's if you don't have what you want, and this is not meant to be a criticism, it's actually the opportunity, you know, like, where is it that you are treating yourself less than divine? And it's, it's so sneaky, because there's belief systems like we have to work harder to get what we want. We're not doing enough. There's more to do, you know, and then when a person gets stuck in that cycle of I don't have enough time, I don't have enough energy, resources, money, authentic connection in my life, that's based on a message, a deeply held, like a core wound message that's saying that you're not enough. And it's so sneaky. We don't even see it. Like, you know, I've been do studying this work for over like 25 years and I still discover things. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's part of, that's a manifestation of believing I'm not enough or I don't deserve the time or the rest or the beautiful relationship that I want. So, you know, having that awareness so that you can start to get that perspective and look at, okay, well then what do I need to adjust here? Because I think people get frustrated and like, oh, I'm doing all of these things. And then it's like, if we take that question of, you know, if you could set up your most divine, beautiful life, what would that look like? And then where are you not doing that? Because the important underlying message is we are creating our lives and bringing awareness to everything we're doing to to be the co-creators of our lives is where the, the transformation takes place. That is so true. It's very subtle. I catch myself a lot doing that. Oh, I don't have enough time. But before I say the word or even the thought, I kind of, uh, maybe it's the energy and I change. Maybe I just, I'm not available in this moment to do whatever it is. I'm trying to change that, but it feels like it's real, this idea that I don't have enough time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is real. 
you know, and I have found in my own life and in helping my clients and in the studying of successful people that there is a moment where there's not enough time for one person to do everything, you know, and I think the beauty of that is we have to do things in community and connection. And so there's a big risk that it feels like a big risk for people. You know, how am I going to hire someone to help me because I don't have the the time to make the money? It's like, well, hire that person and you will have the time to bring in the money. <laughs> you know, like something years ago for me, it was like, well, I, I like cleaning my apartment. I can't spend that money on cleaning my home. And then it was like, wait a second, I need to spend that money. And then the thing that was awesome about that was this was when I was living in New York City. Then I was supporting this amazing person who would come to my place and clean it. And we would form a relation, you know, we form a friendship and I'm giving her things and she's coming and making my home beautiful. And then I can be doing the thing I'm here to do. And I think you know, there's a mindset that says, well, we should be doing everything. You know, we shouldn't have other people doing stuff, but I'm helping her. She's helping me. And there's a, there's a different flow of, of life, you know, this matrix of connection where we, when you're in that space of giving and you're in that space of abundance, you will find abundance. Everything you speak about sounds very, very spiritual. And talk to me about your understanding of spirituality and what are your spiritual practices and beliefs, Michelle? Oh, thanks for asking that. It's a beautiful question. Um, you know, I was raised Catholic. We went to church every Sunday. I went to Catholic grade school and high school, church every Wednesday. It's not something I actively practice now. I believe in like the teachings are beautiful just in the same way that the teachings of Buddhism are beautiful, you know, the teachings of Hinduism. It's just like, they're all beautiful teachings. And what I, you know, find they point to is there's just a greater, there's a greater energy that is supporting us. There's a greater love. And my, that's what I tap into. And when I find that I'm stressed out, I have to remind myself to lean back into that support and know that it's here and know that I'm connected to something much larger. Again, like I, there's there's this false idea that we're separate. So my practice comes through the work I do with the people I do. Often when I'm working with my clients, and sometimes it's even just when people are sharing and introducing themselves in a circle, I am moved to tears because I find so much beauty in seeing people and so much love. So you know, my work, whether it's the coaching, healing, even my dance work is a spiritual practice. And then I have my own practices of making sure I meditate and journal. I, I, I do, I am like so beyond committed to personal growth. And I feel like, again, if we, you know, going back to, back to that self-love, like honoring what I'm here to do and showing up in the best way possible. And I learned that through you know, 40 years of dancing. Yeah. When I, you know, I started dancing when I was, my, my parents say between three and five, they can't agree now. And I went through a lot of injuries and disappointments. Wow. So that taught me a lot on how to continue. But my question started to become, how can I become more available to this greater movement that wants to move through me? And so when I taught, it was like, the movement is not you. It's it's your being. You're becoming available to it, and I think that's what allowed me to be a conduit and a channel and be so effective on stage. You know, I'd have people come up and say, like, 
you're my favorite dancer in the world. Or my friends would say, people fall in love with you when you dance. And, it, you know, I think it's just because they saw love. They saw something greater, you know, and I feel honored that I've, you know, I don't dance as much now, but it, it moves me to tears to even say it now. Like I, I got to experience that and share that. So, you know, I think, and I, and I learned this as an artist too. It's like art is not separate from life. My favorite artists were people whose they were just, they were the art. So spirituality also feels like it is, like it is my life and everything I do can be graced with it and supported by it. Mm. Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> uh, what a beautiful message. Yes, there's no separation between who we are, the way we express ourselves here in life itself. I have been writing about it, and I usually say here many times, I don't have a life, I am life. So letting life flow through us and do what we do, which is life. I mean, I go a bit deeper into that in the sense of there's no one here, but that's a different conversation <laughs> to have about the no one, nobody being there. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience as a whole? I believe our human experience is, a, is learning or coming into the awareness that we are connected to the divine, that we are like our awareness of being that divine. And I, I believe that even as we, even if you look at your own family and the struggles that are within your own family, and I experience this in myself, I remind my clients of this all the time, that the healing work that they're doing is affecting their families backwards and forwards. And it is, you know, I think people, um, rather than taking a victim mentality of, you know, if a person experienced abuse or hardship in their lifetime, it, I like to see it as, yes, that happened, but here's the opportunity to heal. I believe every person's life is an opportunity for this evolution of our spirits um, in this material body. And I think if we really step into that, will continue to improve life as we go forward. And I think the hardest thing, especially right now, is to keep our focus on that because there's a way that, I don't know if it's ever been this way before, that there's so much fear being you know, pushed through the media and, and asking us to pay attention and, not, and distracting us from, you know, distracting people from their individual purpose, distracting them from trust and love. And when we're in that place, we're not connected to that higher divinity. We're in contraction. So, you know, I think we're, you know, what's kind of amazing is we're in an extra challenging time. And whenever I see myself or a client go through a breakthrough, there is that extra challenging time. <laughs> and if they could just hold steady, you know, and keep the faith and keep acting in alignment, we get through it. You know, the client gets through it. And, and that's, that's the test of strength. And that's where I feel like where we bloom into the next level of consciousness and the next level of awareness. It resonates yeah, very much being in this space of love. Then it might not be easier, but it, it becomes maybe not easier. What's the word that I can use? I think it's like, it's not easy right. initially. Yeah. Right. You know, initially. It's not always right. immediate. Yeah. yeah. And because I think, you know, this is actually something in, um, there is a, I can't remember his name right now, Albert Ian Gray, that might be it, but don't quote me. He was a, he would train insurance salesmen and he gave this amazing speech and he said something along the likes of, 
Successful people like pleasing results. Unsuccessful people like pleasing methods. So the message in, yeah, the message in that is that, you know, in any personal growth work, it's going to get hard and ugly and scary. And I say to my clients all the time, you do not know how many times I've been covered in tears and snot, just feel like a awful. But I know, I know in looking at that and being able to experience that pain, that suffering, that confusion, whatever, that's my path to the other side. Because you know, that, that's the place that's scary, but that's the place where the gold is. That's the place, that's the doorway to the growth. So, you know, so it's not quote unquote easy, like you're, you know, trying to figure out how to talk about this before, but in the long run, it gives back to you in a, in a way that an immediate fix does not. True. Yes, this is it. Thank you for communicating that message clearly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I have another question for you. Let me see. Yeah, let me ask you this question, uh, Michelle, the last warm-up question about liberation and freedom. What is that like? Have you tried, have you wondered or tried to envision or, or vision what that looks like to be free? My idea of freedom in this moment is understanding the truth of how I create my life. So this goes along with the universal law of cause and effect, that nothing exists outside of that. You know, I think I, I will hear people say, like if I'm talking to a client, maybe, or they're a prospect, prospective client, and they might say, well, I, I think it'll just change. Or even so, I remember I was having this conversation with a client the other day. She's like, well, I, I'm just hoping over time it goes away. I'm like, no, 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 no. It doesn't, I mean, maybe it goes away if it's it's something you're you're ignoring and it, and it falls away. But there's, there's a, but, but that's, you know, it, this was in relation, it was in regards to a relationship. She's like, well, maybe he'll just stop contacting me. I'm like, no, you need to set a boundary. That, that, that just doesn't, there's no, it doesn't happen out of thin air, you know? So I think freedom comes from everything we've taught, been talking about this awareness of how the choices we're making, most of them are subconscious. So then we get these opportunities to change them because conflict and challenges show up in our life. We say we want a, a you know, a healthy business or a beautiful relationship, but we're not getting them. So that's where we that's where the path of freedom is when a person has the support and the understanding of okay how am i involved in this and when a person starts to see and really understand there's something here i can do to shift this i mean you know things happen like different you know there's things we can't control there's things that are god's business someone else's business and our business you know but i, I think the freedom you know I help my clients find this like the freedom of knowing that they can create the money that they want, the freedom of knowing that they will be safe when they hold a boundary in a in what has been a toxic relationship and are okay to let it go. So I think that freedom comes from realizing, and this can sound, I think it can come off as egotistical, but it's it's again like you are a divine creator. You are the divine. And I mean, it's funny because even as I say here, like, is that, is that pressure? Is that surrender? You know, and I, so I think there's a balance, surrender, but also being active in that alignment and creation. And that's freedom. So that, that's that cause and effect. 
Oh, wow. That's beautifully said. That balance between being a human and non-human, being the divine, right? Balance, that's, it always comes to mind. I remember asking this question, like later, asking the question about the, the purpose of life. And I, I got that answer a lot. It's about balance or oh, harmony, those Yeah, and balance is dynamic. And that's something I learned as a dancer because actually, you know, like um, Pema Chodron's book, When Things Fall Apart, I was like, this is a great dance manual because nothing is is, uh, stable. Everything is always shifting. And, you know, if you're trying to balance as a dancer, it's not to find one point. It's to be in that deep place of responsive listening. You might look like you're still to the outside eye, but you are responding on the most subtle levels to every all the different information, the way the lights are changing, your own sweat, your breathing, someone walking by you and catching your eye. So balance is it's I think it's it's never a point. It's like a dynamic way of being. Yeah, uh, that's interesting you say that. I usually talk about dance, use the word dance about life itself, when we are navigating this reality, that this is a dance, it's a wonderful dance. Interesting that you are a dancer, you speak of, of dance in a, such a, in such a beautiful way of balance. and uh, Oh, it's been a great teacher. Yeah, it's, it's a great teacher for me. And that's what helps me like translate things to my clients too. What was the inspiration to become a transformational business and life coach? Yeah, I, so I went through a lot of injuries, um, in my journey as a dancer, they started when I was like 12 or 13, you know, surgery on both of my feet, 16, had to quit completely because I, it hurt to walk. I had such bad tendonitis. I thought I was done. And I think that put me on the, I I know that put me on the path when I eventually started dancing again, when I was 18 of just this deep curiosity about our human potential and how we align to it. And I, I think from that point on, when I started to discover different somatic or body modalities, holistic ways of approaching the body, that led to holistic ways of approaching the mind and eventually the study of energy medicine. And that was huge for me, just in looking at consciousness as, you know, the starting point of everything. I kept my, you know, I was dancing. I started dancing in New York when I was 21 and well, not started, I started my professional career when I was 21, right after college. And I just kind of had this idea in the back of my mind, like, what what can I do? I just wanted to study some modality. <laughs> and eventually, I it showed up that I studied something called the body talk system. Um, and it worked out perfectly. Like when I started studying it, there was a woman who had a center in New York, and she brought every single teacher into that center. It wasn't; it didn't live long. She she didn't keep the center for a long time, but I had this great like feeding ground and environment and community to keep studying and learning. And I just, when I love something, I go deep into it. So I would be on tour, and I would take a class while I was on tour in Ireland. I would go to Canada to take classes. I'd fly to California to take classes. So. I just studied and studied and studied. And like I said earlier, I've always been a teacher. <laughs> Thinking of my nieces and nephews and my my uh, brothers and sisters see me like teaching all the time, you know, and they're, they're like laughing and also rolling their eyes. Um, but I love helping people come to new understandings. So I started doing the healing work in 2008 is when I officially got certified and started my practice. And then over time, I added the coaching work to it because what I found was 
people would come for the healing and we would get results, but there wasn't always the proactive, now do this in your life going forward. You know, and and I found, and I, I got a little frustrated because I was like, I know there's more that can happen here. Why is this person progressing, but maybe not as much as I want to, or why well, I want them to. I mean, you know, it's always up to the person. Um, I need to leave myself out of it. But, you know, it, I found in my own journey that when I started taking those steps that I was afraid of, that's where the deep growth and deep healing happened. It wasn't just lying on a massage table. It was, you know, in a business, it was feeling uh, confident enough to call people to see if they wanted to work with me feeling confident enough to be posting on social media, to talk on national TV or radio, um, you know, removing those belief systems that said I wasn't good enough, I'm not meant to do this. So I think all of these things just combined. And ultimately, you know, for me, it goes back to that message of, of love. I know I am a heart-centered being and I have a huge heart. And I love holding that space for people to grow, you know, just to give them a little guidance. It's, it's like I get to watch something so beautiful <laughs> because ultimately it's that, it's that person that I'm helping that needs to take the steps. I will do all I can to show up to help, to help them take those steps and then they need to take the step. So you also offer I, on your website, I mean, I could talk to you forever. I know the time I'm watching you. <laughs> like I have so many other topics I wanted to talk to you. But something that caught my attention on your website is the uh, Meditate, Move, Heal subscription uh, program that you offer. Talk to me for a moment about that. Yeah, so that definitely developed directly out of my dancing and healing practices. And what I do in that space is there's what, well, we meet four times per month. And then that first meeting, we do a deep dive session where I have everyone fill out an intake form. So I know what their priorities are for healing or, and growth. And I do, uh, we always do, you know, a, we start mostly it, it, the order kind of shifts depending on what I'm feeling from the group, but we do some time with meditation a lot of that is focused on the heart center and strengthening that so we can bring coherence to our system. The, I, I studied the heart, some of the HeartMath Institute's work, gosh, starting maybe 20 years ago. And that heart field is our strongest energetic field in the body. And when we can stay centered in, in an, a, heart, a heart-centered emotion, gratitude, love, peace, harmony, appreciation, joy, we bring coherence to the actual rate of our heart. Um, we bring coherence to our brains and our minds. So that's a big focus with the meditation. I also do the energy balancing work that I started um, practicing in 2008. So a lot of that comes from the body talk system. But it's, it's and, and the principles in that are that there's always a priority for healing. So I'm asking through muscle testing, questions around what is the priority for this person's healing, or if we're look, if I'm working with the group as a whole, I test for the priority. And not everyone gets individual work, but I think what I not I think I know what happens is because I see things come up in the chat. Someone will say, "Oh my God, I relate to that so much." Oh my God, thank you for bringing that up. Because sometimes someone's not always ready to share that if it feels too vulnerable. So, so yeah, that's that beauty and community. You see someone else, like in the last session we did, this woman was like, I'm not, 
I don't have the results I want in my business. My husband isn't where he is financially. They have a little girl. They don't know what to do. And, you know, she was, it was vulnerable for her to say that. But we got to work on that. I do the energy balancing, which works on the level of consciousness. And then we do a movement practice, which I've developed over the years called moving with innate wisdom. So this is really where the embodiment comes into play. It's not, you know, like put your hands here and move them like this or raise your shoulders. It's really the basic prompt is there is an innate wisdom that is always moving through you and guiding you to your fullest expression, your highest potential, and even your best health. So this is a space to listen to that that innate wisdom and be present with it through our bodies. So sometimes people will move like crazy, make sounds, sometimes it's really subtle, sometimes people even fall asleep. You know, so I've taught I I yeah, I've guided this practice live you know, it's been a while since the pandemic, but I remember I was in Chicago and the whole room just fell asleep. You know, we did the energy balancing and every, it was just a group nap for this deep processing. <laughs> but I think one of the um, the benefits of this practice, and I've heard my clients say this, is that they get to practice feeling things, like maybe feeling sadness or anger or like power in their bodies where maybe in their relationships, it's very scary to feel that. So it's like a no stakes place to practice being present with what wants to move through you, allowing yourself to feel that power, allowing emotions to come up and be released and coming into a space of deep integration. There's no, there's no prescription for what the movement looks like. Some, you know, as, as I said, sometimes people are moving, sometimes people are still, but what's important is the listening because it does show up like through allowing ourselves to feel and through allowing that at times to go into movement. Does that make sense? Does yeah, make, what is not to love about it? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds <laughs> oh so God, natural, it. Michelle. Uh, to me, it's, I mean, in my audience for sure, it's natural. It's being, uh, navigating this reality in a natural way. Is that what you call spiritual and embodied prosperity? Said the same thing or a different method? Well, you know, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a method for me, but it's, you know, spiritual prosperity. It, yeah, spiritual prosperity, I think for me in my discovery of how to generate more income and abundance, you know, I didn't understand it at first. And I was like, you know, thought I had to work harder, thought, you know, it was greedy, thought it was only for people who have money already. And then as I studied it more, I realized, wow, this is deeply spiritual work because we're trusting in abundance and we're trust we're we're letting go of scarcity. We're we're dropping into that surrender of letting spirit or the universe or God, whatever word works for you, come into your life and, and work through your life. So, you know, my mentor says, um, Money and opportunities come from God through people. <laughs> so, you know, it's the same. I'm like, oh, wow, that's how I always thought about dancing. It's like this energy is not mine. It's I'm becoming available for it to move through me. So what do I do? Yeah, what do I do? What do I need to do? Who do I need to become to trust in that? So, you know, I think one of the things 
people resist change. You know, that's just, that's just our nature. And so, especially if someone's a coach or a healer, the person, you know, or or just like they're trying to sell something. We always have this idea of the slimy salesperson. You know, it's usually the person who sells cars. Sorry to anyone who sells cars, but I love the (laughs) sell cars now. But I think, you know, the, the prosperity part is you trust that you have a gift. You trust that you have something that's of value and it's your job to share that with people because it will improve someone's life. So there's not a hiding around that. You know, there's there's a sharing and it's, you know, when there's a person there that you can help, I think, you know, it's it's your job to talk to them. Also, you know, to teach them. And then, you know, it's when like someone's ready for it too. But part of my work also is, and, and this is something I learned in my early 20s, that we really don't, we, we, need some, we need to invest in ourselves to grow. And, you know, and I think sometimes that hits someone's belief system that, oh, I should be able to do this on my own. It's not safe to ask for help. You know, like that might have been from the child who was like, mom, I want help with this. But mom maybe comes home from work impatient. She's exhausted. You know, and if that, and because maybe things were like, there was scarcity there in that environment. So the child learns that, okay, I can't ask for help. Imagine the adult that thinks they can't ask for help or they can't value themselves enough to say, you know what? Like, let's go back to having person clean your house. I'm going to, I'm going to gift myself to this, which is a gift to someone else. I'm going to gift myself with investing in a mentor, investing in a program, a coach, a healer to gift myself. So that I feel like is the spiritual part of it. The embodied part is that it's through action. It's through how you're actually living your life. And I find working on an energetic level that when that starts to open up with a, for a person, they stand taller. They feel their feet on the ground a different way. Their lungs and their heart are open. They're breathing more deeply. You know, so all of these practices, like this is stuff I look at in my monthly program too, because when we meet four times per month, you know, the other time we do just a movement session, we do a meditation session, we do a coaching Q&A. And all the time I am encouraging them, you know, the people in there to, to feel this in their bodies. They're tapping into energy, which is then registered through their physical bodies. And the more a person learns how to do that, their body is already in that place of, I am prosperous. I am connected. I am love. And guess what? They start bringing that toward their lives. <laughs> I mean, I think you know this, but it's, it's just, we haven't been conditioned, you know, with that from our birth. So we need to train ourselves to do that. And, and that's when we start to draw the things in, but it's not out of nowhere. You know, it's all with that cause and effect. You become the cause that creates a different effect in your life. Everything that you speak of, it also sounds, sounds very spiritual, of course, but also sounds like the law of attraction. Does it have any influence? I like to look more at the law of cause and effect because I think the mistake that happens with the law of attraction I don't even know if it's considered one of the universal laws, but the law of cause and effect helps a person go beyond, well, I was, I was meditating on, you know, having lots of money, but it still doesn't come to me (laughs) or like I was, so it's, it's not just that it's, have you actually taken, 
have you actually been in the world? Because I think a person can bypass, they actually have to do things. And that's, again, where the growth happens. That's usually where the biggest fears are too, you know, but it's, it's also where the biggest breakthroughs are. So it's, it's, I, I look at it more as cause and effect. Everything is cause and effect. If you don't have the relationship you want or the, you know, um, with your partner or a partner, what, what's happening that's not bringing that in. So I literally look like, especially if I'm working with a private client, we will comb through that. You know, it's even, you know, I was working with a client the other day and she was telling me a story about her mom. And I was like, stop, (laughs) it's like, stop. Okay. Let's look at exactly what happened there. What did you think? And let's look at the pattern you took and let's look at the pattern your higher self wants to take. So we, we co like, I love detail, you know, as a dancer, everything, I just like, it was like, let me look at the most minute movement that creates a different result. So if someone's working one-on-one with me, I'm like, let's get in there because it's that fine tuning that creates the masterpiece. True. So the law of attraction is not actually one of the universal laws. That's not what I have been taught. It's like a subsidiary law, but it's not. You know, there's a lot of um, unfortunate ways that people go about that and they miss that that thing that's most important, which is cause and effect. It's common sense in a way. Whatever we do, it, it has this resonance. It has a response, of course. You know, I think the thing that's really, I think this is so helpful pe- for people is that resonance needs to be like through and through and through and constant of the thing that you want. Because a person could say, well, I, I want, let's say someone's trying to build a course or something. I want this many people. And then if they really look at what in, in the course, and if they look at what they're thinking throughout the day, they might be like, oh my God, where am I going to find the people? Um, oh man, only two people have signed up so far. <laughs> That's a cause and effect. You know, it's like you're giving, you're, you're showing the universe fear and scarcity and the universe is exact. The universe isn't, isn't, loving necessary it, it it just is the whatever you are thinking doing being that's what you will get so that's that fine tooth comb you know of looking at what are you really believing all day long and the beautiful thing about energy medicine is in psychology is that it can get to those root causes and then pairing that with the coaching work and knowing the action steps to take I think that's, for me, so far, I've found that that is the thing that is the most powerfully transformative. There's a a blog post that really caught my attention where it reads, six ways you can feel more connected to others with your body and words. For some reason, really resonated. Um, So would you mind talk to me for a moment about that post and um, especially you talk a lot about the heart and breathing. That resonated so true to me because I often do that and I feel more connected to everyone that I speak, even here on the podcast, when that takes place. Well, I think, you know, I, I don't like just one of the ways I share in that post is I ask the question, when's the last time you touched your heart? And that can be literal or that can be um, figurative or metaphoric. You know, it's because when, you know, we can feel when so, when we allow something to touch our hearts, like seeing a child do something that's so beautiful, hearing, allowing ourselves to really hear love, loving words that are coming from someone else, like a compliment, 
Like that's you allowing your heart to be touched. And then there's the actual, I'm sure you, I imagine you do this. And I imagine a lot of people listening do this or even see it when, you know, even when I meet a stranger and we thought we have this heart connection, I find that both of us touch our hearts in, in thank you. You know, it's just like, I mean, it, it, you know, it just like, it, it makes me smile and kind of tear up a little bit in such a big way because, you know, that, that's our, our power. So, and it's, it's where that heart intelligence is. So I'm actually literally holding my heart right now because th- that's also the place where we want to connect. And I, I give this tip that you might even want to try a game with a trusted, trusted friend or with your partner, maybe with your child or your niece or nephew of just, what if you had the, the whole conversation, just having your hands on your, on, on your own heart, you know, and, and there's practices also when you place your hand on your partner's heart. But I think the thing that we need to do first is come into contact with our own hearts and what we need and what we're feeling there. And then it's, it's easiest to find that connection with another person. Yeah, I love that. It just resonated because it's real to me, coming from the heart. And I remember when I I began this path of expressing myself authentically in this reality, that was the foundation. I was coming from the heart and listening to the heart. And then everything opened up. Yeah, it's a very different, um, different type of connection rather than just from the intellect. So we're almost at the end. It has been a lovely conversation. Listening to you is just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it resonates. Love, it's love. That's what it is. It can be felt. It's not just what you say, but how you say the sound. It really touches the heart, the whole body. It, it resonates beautifully, oh, uh, like a song. Oh, thank you. I'm sitting here talking to you with a big smile on my face. And I actually <laughs> just put my hand back on my heart. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's so truly beautiful. Feel it. Yeah, yeah, it can be felt. It's a gift. Thank you for being you again, Michelle, for being open to life. And we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything, anything else that might come to mind? Yeah, I would just say, you know, one of the biggest things that we're here to do also is learn how to trust ourselves. And that's being open to what we're feeling. That's being open to the unique way that you are guided by spirit and learning to follow that because each person is authentic and unique and here to contribute in a unique way. But the only way that happens is from within, you know, like, each individual person becoming the authority in their lives. And, you know, it's, it's, again, it's committing to that path and knowing that it will give gifts back to you. And also like, you know, find the people that support you, like reach out to me if this resonates with you and you want some support, reach out to me, you know, this podcast, like keep listening to this. (laughs) Like once you find that thing or that teacher like really study from them until you learn everything. Like that, that's what I've done. I've had some of the most incredible teachers. I didn't figure any of this out on my own. You know, it was like someone guided me somewhere. I, I have spent, I don't even want to say spent because I think the better word is invested. I've gifted myself so many experiences um, spending, I, I could buy, well, where I live right now, I could easily buy a house, <laughs> like cash, <laughs> wow. like a beautiful house with the, with the money that I've invested in my own personal growth. And, you know, that's, that's part of 
what I'm, you know, I'm here to do. I'm here to help people go through and, and like, you know, so leverage my wisdom, my experience. You don't have, you don't have to spend half a million dollars on your own personal growth necessarily, you know, but find someone else who knows more and trust your heart and your gut. Remember you are the authority and then just, just let yourself be in the environment of knowledge, surround yourself with people who are on a similar path. And that makes it so much easier. Thank you again for what you do, Michelle, and how you do it, from being available and open to support others. Two more questions, the ending questions. What is another word for healing? Oh, healing is all about wholeness. It's the, that word means to become whole. So, you know, I, I really develop this in the way I help my clients now through my dance practice. Like, you know, my how how could you make your whole body available? Like the parts you don't like bring those parts in the parts of yourself that you don't like they need to be integrated to be made whole so it's it's not about fixing something that's broken for me it's about seeing all the beauty that is already there and and your own completeness oh i love that i love everything you say how you say it. it's just so true <laughs> <laughs> it's so so true what are three things you wish everyone to know or to experience before they lose the body Joy is definitely one of the top ones. And I think joy is the capacity to, to be one with everything, that acceptance. I would say lots of wonderful touch. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> like what's a body for? Like, you know, just, just like that, like remembering just how beautiful, I'm touching my arms right now, just like the gift of your own body, you know, whether it's touch from someone else, the exact touch that you want, the exact touch that you want. You know, that um, I just I want to stress that because I think we don't always claim that power for ourselves and that knowing like we know how we want to be touched. You know, we know how we want to feel. So that would be number two. And number three. Oh, my God, there's so many I want to <laughs> I can't imagine. I say. <laughs> but I, want, I just want to like one thing I love so much is this beautiful planet that we get to live on. And I lived in New York City for 21 years, and it was amazing. It, it was the center for where I could have an international dance career, you know, teach all over the world, perform on stages, choreograph all over the world. But what has become so important to me is being able to really commune with nature, you know, just to be in spaces where I don't hear cars, there's no light pollution, there's no sound pollution. And I get to be with the rhythms of nature, which have their own beautiful consciousness. You know, we humans have, nature doesn't have that, this, this level of intellect that we have, you know, this ability to choose and create and imagine in different ways. However, it, it, it has those basic principles of how life functions, how the universe functions. You know, the beauty of what we have in our minds is that we can create beautiful things, but we can also create very destructive things, even chaos and confusion in our own minds. So when I come back to nature and that quiet and that deep simplicity with my body, I think, you know, just to take advantage of this time that we have on this incredible planet, like, on a very deep level, um, I, I wish that upon everybody. Wow, what a beautiful message. Powerful, 
beautiful, empowering. Uh, yeah, nature, that is so much can be said, but it's it's simply what is about nature that resonates. Just um, it's doing what life wants it to do. Mm. It's just being life. Yeah. It's not opposing or rejecting or resisting Proving. life. Yes. Right. It doesn't resist life. No. Ah, that's beautiful when human beings come to realize that, that we can also live the same way. <laughs> and with the gift of the intellect, we can have both, which is even more amazing. In a way more amazing, yes. but it's the same thing. The fundamental truth is that we can let life be life and uh, try to control and force to be something else with the becoming. It has um, caused a lot of suffering. That's where suffering comes from to me. Yes. It's trying too hard, right, Michelle? Trying to be something that we already are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we send ourselves out of alignment with our own truth and that, and, you know, it's it just out of ignorance, you know, we just don't know. So I think like just to, for us to just like do this beautiful thing that you're doing with your podcast of spreading awareness and creating spaces for this, it's just I mean, what an awesome thing that you're doing. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so, it's so great to, that you created this. So I want to thank you too. Yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. The body appreciates for sure that the, mm-hmm. the body being mm-hmm. nature itself, it wants to be around nature. So I'm here in front of my computer. So I know the body sometimes complains, but it appreciates your comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's happy to hear that. So thank you so much for your uh, joyful, beautiful presence, Michelle. It's just incredibly beautiful. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your services, products, and future projects? Yeah, thank you for asking. If you just go to michelleboulet.com, it's Michelle with two L's, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Boulet, B for boy, O-U-L-E.com. You can you know, sign up for my free audio Realign Towards Your Dreams there. That'll put you on my newsletter. I send support out every single week. Follow me on Instagram, which is also michelle.boulet. Facebook is Michelle Boulet. And I'm just regularly posting and sharing um, and just, you know, again, want to help people remember that they are loved and that we are all here to to live a beautiful life and to create even more beauty beauty for one another. Thank you again for your beautiful presence and we'll You're talk so soon. welcome. Bye for You're now. Welcome. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Michelle Boulet and her work, please visit michelleboulet.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.